I think the simplest explanation is that photons come from the sun and they travel down to earth and they penetrate our eyes and our skin and they are like energetic food for our bodies. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It's like we are photosynthetic and we get our energy, not just from the food that we chew and swallow, but from the environment that we're in. Hi everyone. And welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know we are determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And this topic is going to get all of us because we are all probably guilty as charged. We are talking blue light and the effects on our health. And joining me today is Meredith Oak. She's the co-founder of Quantum Health TV, the world's first video streaming channel focused on decentralizing health education, where medical experts break down the emerging science of circadian rhythms and quantum biology. As an ICF accredited executive coach, she's lived and worked on three continents, helping clients from all over the world improve their lives by changing their beliefs and their habits. She began her career working in media, covering entertainment, and interviewing movie stars before she shifted into communications and coaching. Now through Quantum Health TV, she's helping people suffering from chronic illness by providing information that is years ahead of what most doctors and naturopaths are currently practicing. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Dr. Taz. Oh. I, I love your podcast and I love your mission. So well, thank for you for putting this out there. It makes such a difference to the well, world. Thank you. It's it's definitely a source of joy for me, I've got to say. So I, I love what I do and I love the opportunity to meet people who are diving into areas that are cutting edge, talking about the things that everybody else doesn't really want to talk about. How did you, like you've had this, media career, entertainment career, how did you land in health and and quantum health and all this other business? Uh, give us a little bit of background. Yeah. So I'm really like a, um, a researcher and an observer and a patient in this world. Um, that's the lens that I come through. And I came to it, I think as so many people do, because I was, I was suffering from really intense chronic fatigue. Um, and I went to the doctor and, you know, she ran my labs and she's like, yeah, you're fine. (laughs) That's a classic line, right? Yeah. I can't get through my day. So I don't know how that's fine. (laughs) Right. And so I was in that place where I think a lot of people, probably a lot of people who would listen to your podcast, right. Where it's like, I'm not sick enough to warrant being, you know, to have the traditional medical system know what to do with me, but I'm also really suffering in terms of my quality of life because I'm just not feeling well a lot of the time. Right. So I did, I did all the things I did acupuncture. I did so many things. Wonderful. They, everything helped a little bit. I did, you know, I really got my food dialed in. I did a a course of uh, supplements with um, a wonderful practitioner, but I, I still just couldn't quite get to a place where I could, I would wake up in the morning and feel like, yes, I'm going to 
live my life today and not have to think about managing my energy or how tired I am. And I would like, I would sleep for 10 hours and wake up and feel tired. Like it Mm. was, I just could never get, it's like when your phone's, your phone gets really old and you need to replace it. And no matter what you do, it won't charge. (laughs) That's how I felt in my body. Um, but the most of this, by the way, when is all this happening? So so this was okay. So this was, it really started, um, 2014. So 2014 to 2017, I was doing all of these different things and they did help. I did. I was much better Uh um, than, than 2014, which is when I had my third child, which like made everything right. So I always like a nice little blessing in my life, but that pregnancy really fire, right? Like let's put fire on something that's already simmering. Exactly. Anyhow, yeah. And before I got pregnant with her, I went to my OB and got a full checkup. And she's like, Yeah, you're good, get pregnant. And I went to an acupuncturist and he was like, You are really out of balance. I, I I'm not sure why. Um but I was kind of in a rush and I ignored him and got pregnant anyway. And then isn't that interesting? Because that's such an Eastern medicine concept and something I love so much about, you know, things like Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, even homeopathy to a certain extent, like it's all about energy and you don't, uh, you live your life and you plan your life according to the energy that you have. You don't go sign up for stuff and then hope you go find energy somewhere. You're supposed to do it the other way around. And that's, that's interesting because they would never in Chinese medicine, they would never want you to get pregnant and have a baby until you built your chi or your internal chi. And then they would say, Hey, okay, you're ready. You know, whereas, you know, Western medicine, we're all like, okay, baby one, baby two, baby three, you know, you kind of keep pummeling through it. And meanwhile, the body really does crash. So it sounds like that's a lot of what happened to you. Yes, absolutely. And the, you know, my OB ran my labs and my labs were fine. Um, and my labs were always mostly fine, but there was something else oh. underlying that this acupuncturist, he, he wasn't able to figure out what it was, but he could tell, yeah, that there was something there and that my body wasn't, wasn't ready. And, um, yeah. So after that, like when it, when the fatigue first started and I had had, so this was my third child and I did, I did have a break between, but I had, um, I had moved to Hong Kong in between the second and the third child. And I lived in a high rise and I was inside a lot because it's so hot there. You're always inside and the air conditioning and the fluorescent lights. And I was like eating seed oil and like all the things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I really, my body came out of balance, but I also knew what it felt like to be tired just because you weren't getting enough sleep, which is right. a different feeling than when your your cells just aren't, you know, you're just not getting that charge that makes you feel like a normal person when you wake up. So, um, yeah, so I went down all of these different routes and after a few years, I actually kind of started to think that I was better. And then what happened was a friend of mine, um, was diagnosed with breast cancer and she was doing chemo treatment. And I was talking to her about what kind of changes she had to make to her life to accommodate the chemo treatment. She's like, well, you know, I think the biggest change is that I really have to just think about managing my energy and managing my activities to meet my energy levels. And I've really never had to. And I was, she, <laughs> and as she was explaining, I had this moment where I was like, oh, I, 
Imagine that. that. Normal life for me. And for you, this is a side effect of chemo. So it was a real moment where I realized like there was still more healing to be done, even though it was better. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, not, I'm not like a detail person. I'm not like in the kitchen. Like I don't think through. So all of the messages I was getting was like food, food, you got to go paleo. No, you got to go keto. You know, like all, and I was just, um, and my daughter was having digestive issues as well. And I just was so like, I can't face just a lifetime of micromanaging my food. It really made me feel really depressed. Mm. So I thought, what if there's something else? And I just had this intuitive feeling that there was like, there was something that I was doing or not doing that was contributing to this. Cause I really did feel like I was eating well enough and doing meditating and doing all these things. Um, and I, then I found an interview with, uh, um, a doctor called Dr. Jack Cruz and he talked about light mm-hmm. and I thought, Oh, I not thought about that at all. Hmm. And I, so I went down that rabbit hole and started learning just how much our light environment matters to our health. Very and good. I couldn't believe it. It was like shocking. And at first I didn't believe it. Cause I thought if this is true, I would know. <laughs> like somebody right. would have told me I would have read it somewhere. Like I would have heard about it. And um, this is about, you know, five years ago. So I think it is a little bit more known now, but um, it was just so amazing to me. And then what I found through doing my research was that they're just, it was just so difficult to access the information because it's not going to be taught in medical school for decades and mm-hmm. mainstream journalism wasn't talking yeah. about it. And yeah. it just, so I started to, interview every expert that I could find on this topic and created like a video resource. So people who are interested in understanding can go and, and, you know, not have to sort through 500 hours (laughs) of podcasts. Um, And now we've got, we've got um, a course, a practitioner course, and we're coming out with a directory this week. So people can find practitioners who studied this, but it's, it's really shocking. It's sort of, you know, like I was doing things, um, that were sabotaging my healing to such an extent. And I had no idea. Like I just, I was reading books on my iPad before I went to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I would turn on lights at any, you know, as soon as the sun went down, I'd turn on all the LED lights. Like, and it just seems like such a small thing. But when, what I realized is if we understand, and this is where, this is where the science is new, is that uh, we're not just biochemical beings. Right. And I think Eastern medicine understands this right. very well, Right, but we, there are quantum mechanical processes happening inside living systems, which most classically trained physicists will tell you is wrong, is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has now been proven to be true by people who did experiments with birds and they realized that they migrate through quantum principles. So once they prove that, then they, disproved the theory that quantum mechanical processes can't happen in living systems. So let's stop for just a, let's stop for two seconds and let's make sure everyone understands what we're talking about. So light and the frequency of light and the wavelength of light, what is that and how is that impacting our physical being? What's the simplest explanation that you can maybe share with people listening or watching today? I think the simplest explanation is that Photons come from the sun and they travel down to earth and they penetrate our eyes and our skin. And they are like 
energetic food for our bodies. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It's like we are photosynthetic and we get our energy, not just from the food that we chew and swallow, but from the environment that we're in. So, and so what is happening in today's environment where we're indoors a lot, we're on blue light all the time. Kids are reading on the iPad, which is my pet peeve. They don't have a textbook, which is my second pet peeve. Like, yeah. You know, what, what are we doing? And I'm, I'm tracking with you hundred percent. Like I have tried to explain over and over again, like there are multiple layers to our being, you know, we are physical, right. Beings. We are, we have chemistry, we have biology, but we also have an energetic plane and an emotional plane and a spiritual plane. And all those planes intersect and influence one another. And then ultimately determine what our DNA is going to do and what our mitochondria is going to do and all that stuff is going to do. So it's a very much like a three-dimensional, five-dimensional type, you know, image that I have in my head of how things are constantly interacting. And so with, with what you've seen and the folks you've interviewed, what is for, what are some of the common themes coming out of the environment that we've created for ourselves today? Well, first of all, that was a beautiful articulation of it. Like that's, a, yeah, that's exactly mm. how it works. And we've now reached a point where, because it's um, the, the science is there and also the results of ignoring it are there with people getting more sicker and sicker and all of these kind of chronic illnesses that nobody quite knows what to do with like fibromyalgia and Hashimoto's and all of these things that were not a big issue 20 years ago. Um, what we're doing is we're, our circadian biology um, controls everything. It controls everything in our body. And there was a Nobel prize for that in I think 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're doing when we don't take our light into consideration is we're dysregulating that whole system. So we're throwing the whole thing off and we are exquisitely fine tuned to be programmed by the sun. So when we go outside in the morning, in, uh, in the sunrise, the time around sunrise, and we, our eyes register the frequencies of sunrise light and our skin registers the frequency of sunrise light, we're telling our, we're giving our body the food and the information to know what to do, to know how it's like turning on the on switch for the day. Mm-hmm. And then periodically, as we go outside at different times of day, there's a change in the calibration of the frequency and the types of um, light that are coming out of the sun. And they all serve a very specific purpose to kind of guide our, our system through the day to do all of the things that it's supposed to do. And then at the end of the day, we, you know, everyone says to get a good sleep, you want your room to be completely dark, which is absolutely true because then the darkness sends the signal that the day is over and you switch, you know, you kind of flick the switch from on to off. You've been gradually pulling it over. And that's where the darkness triggers your melatonin. The sunrise triggers it to be created, but the darkness triggers it to come out. So while you're sleeping, all of the melatonin and all of the other uh, hormones in your body are doing all of the things that they're supposed to do to give you a restful, deep sleep, cleaning your brain. Um, people might have started hearing about autophagy, which is mm-hmm. like running the dishwasher of your brain cells while you're sleeping. And if we dysregulate our light and we look at a screen before bed, we throw off that whole system. So even if we fall asleep, we're not getting, we're not getting restorative restful sleep because 
the system's not doing what it's supposed to do and we wake up feeling tired or we can't fall asleep or we wake up in the middle of the night and it throws the whole thing off. Hmm. All right, listeners, it's time to break down acne-prone skin. Have any of you had this issue? I know so many people that do, and it's right there in my family and even something that I dealt with and tried everything and often was left with frustration with just lots of expensive products that didn't work until I figured out the pieces of my own acne puzzle. I am thrilled today to introduce you to Gladskin. Gladskin is different from many products you may have tried before because it does not have harsh ingredients that actually harm the skin and it works with the skin's natural microbiome. That's right, the bacteria on the skin that are responsible for gentle, clean, and healthy skin. And when disrupted, that's when we see all that inflammation and acne or maybe even things like eczema. You know, for a long time, birth control and antibiotics have been the go-to treatments for acne, but they're honestly not for everyone and definitely did not work for me, Gladskin's blemish gel uses breakthrough endolysin technology and its patented protein microbalance to reduce irritation and bring balance back, back to the skin microbiome. Dermatologists recommend Gladskin because of their science-backed approach. Their highly rated blemish gel has already helped many people across Europe with acne-prone skin since its launch in 2015. And now it's finally available right here in the United States. Now, if you are interested in trying Gladskin, I am so pleased to offer our listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order. If you go to gladskin.com backslash Dr. Taz, again, that's gladskin, G-L-A-D-S-K-I-N.com backslash Dr. Taz, D-R-T-A-Z for 15% off plus free shipping. Give it a try and let me know what you think. So many questions. What what is this sort of light situation that we're in doing to our hormones? Because we talk so much about hormone regulation. What is it doing to our children? I think those are two things I'm very concerned about. What like what's your impression of what's happening there? It's wreaking havoc. Yeah. Right. So I was just I was listening to your podcast with um the wonderful woman she was talking about chronobiology. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so, it, and I was, that was a beautiful podcast. And like everything that she explained that's going on in our bodies and in women's bodies, like that's all controlled by light and then it's all impacted by light. So if we're in, let's say, a toxic light environment, which is light from a screen, light from an LED bulb, um, fluorescent lighting, things like that, if we're in that kind of environment, um, a lot, and especially at night, we are causing inflammation in our bodies. We are raising our blood sugar. We are dysregulating our hormones. We're basically throwing off every single system, but it's, it's like by a little, Mm. (laughs) So it's like a little bit each time. And we, and then unless we optimize our light environment, our body never has a chance to get back on track. So it's not like a car crash. It's like a very slow mismatch between. So our, our cells are vibrating at the wrong frequencies and matching up in the wrong ways. And over time that accumulates and causes all of the, all of the, I mean, any, basically any illness that's not like a genetic disorder is Mm -hmm. is impacted by our, by our Yeah. And I think it goes for, for you guys listening and watching. I think if you can think about vibration and frequency and that we all have that 
and our food influences or sleep influences it our mindset and emotional state of mind influence. There's so many things that influence it, but light influences it as well, which is why many of you tell me, and I experienced this myself, like we go on vacation and we eat crap like that we normally don't eat, but we lose weight and we come back looking better because again, we are good about sleeping and getting sun usually and things like that. So um, there definitely is something to this vibrational or energetic piece of us, which again, older systems of medicine had already picked up on and had, you know, many of their modalities, like from sound healing to acupuncture to things like face tapping. There's so many, so many of them were based in, in sort of that, in, in sort of that school of thought. So what can we do, you know, and by the way, before we get, we start talking about some actionable tips, I actually, for any child or adult with ADD or ADHD, like this whole light thing is a really big deal. I'm not understanding how we're going to convince our schools and our school systems to go back to good old fashioned textbooks because sure they can take their test maybe, but to expect them to be on all day long on these devices, you know, you know, I feel like it's contributing in some ways to this cognitive decline that we're globally experiencing across the board and definitely in our kids with ADD and ADHD as well. But what are some actionable tips? That's a soapbox. Sorry. I had to, I had to rant for a second because I'm dealing no. with this over and over Reach again. Reach it. I know, but, so yeah, sorry about the rant, the, the sideline rant there, but um, what are some actionable tips that, that you think, what are things we can do? Like, how do we, when we have to work or we have to study or we have to do these things, what are some things folks can do? Well, and that's the great news is there's, there's a lot of things that we can do. Um, and it's all pretty simple. It's not necessary, necessarily easy because it may take, right. We have to fight against the, our modern lifestyle a little bit and what we're used to doing. But the great good news is that, uh, the sun is incredibly healing, um, and nature is incredibly healing. And so if we just think about, you know, increasing our exposure to healing light, which is light from outside and, um, certain maybe well-made red light therapies and things like that, but mostly the sun, which is free. Uh, if we think about increasing our exposure to that and decreasing our exposure to the bad light and making sure that it's timed properly, right? Mm -hmm. So you can sit in front of a laptop at 12 noon and it's not messing with your circadian rhythm in the same way as it is if you sit in front of it at eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night, mm -hmm. because the light coming out of the laptop, while there is no time in nature that has that kind of extreme blue light, there is blue light present in the sun in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to throw you off as much. So it's a question of increasing good, decreasing bad and timing so that your indoor environment matches as closely as possible to what's happening outside. Mm. So if you throw on all your bright light, all your bright LED lights at 10 o'clock in the morning, then that's actually not that big a deal. But then as you move through the day, so I have them on now so that you, so that you can see me clearly, but I'll turn them off. And then we have hanging lights that have incandescent bulbs, which is what we switch to once the sun goes down. And then for the reading lights in my bedroom, I actually have red light bulbs because mm -hmm. red is the only light frequency that um, we're evolutionarily matched with 
to see after sunset because it comes out the same as like what it would be in a fire. Um, okay. So that's like the big picture, right? It's like, is my environment, if my lighting environment is like wildly different from what the sun is doing, I'm messing with, I'm messing it up. Mm. So number one, we want to go outside as much as possible. So instead of having a smoke break or we want to have a sun break. Um, if you're having a coffee, if you're having anything you can do outside, do it outside. Um, so increasing that exposure, opening windows. I have the sunroof in my, in my minivan open always, unless it's pouring rain. Uh, cause that all matters. Like every, and that's the, that's the great part of it, right? It's like every little bit that we do to like get natural light into our lives. Um, the light bounces all over you don't have to be like standing out in the sun you just right. have a, an open window everything it all matters and it all contributes um to our system aligning with the aligning with nature um and then when you do have to be on a computer like we you know in our family like we like to watch movies and mm -hmm. when my son likes to play Fortnite with his friends so we have a big blast basket of orange bl blue blocking glasses and in our house, once the sun goes down, if you have a screen on, you have to wear them. Oh, and my kids yeah. hate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they don't hate it enough to give up the Fortnite, right? So right. those though that blue blocking glasses make a huge difference. There's software you can put on your computer like Iris or Flux. Um that what is it again? What is the Iris? Okay. I R I S. I R yeah, like the iris of your eye. Okay. Um, that's the one I use. And then I've heard that. Flux, F-L-U-X is also good. Okay. Um, so I just have that on like a health setting during the day, which just dims, pulls some of the, some of the blue light out, but it still looks pretty normal. And then if I need to go on my laptop at night, which I try not to do, but if I do, there's another setting that makes it quite red. Mm, okay. um, so yeah, so it's like light bulbs. Um, you know, I mean, first would be to, to just not turn on the lights, not turn on the screen, but we, mm. we did life. So we need to. Um, so then you want to think about what type of light bulbs you're using, what kind of lights coming out of your screen. Um, and wearing blue, black, and glasses really, really helps. Gotcha. Well, I love all those suggestions. You know, any, do we need to create like blue light free zones in the house? Is that helpful at all? And go sit in them or I don't, I don't know if stuff like that has been helpful or. Yeah, absolutely. If you, you know, if it's like, if there's a room where people tend to hang out in the, in the evening, then that makes really good sense to like optimize that room. And it's yeah. like, okay. Um, cause another part of like the circadian lifestyle is you want to be finished eating before it's dark. Yeah. So if the kitchen's closed down. Don't worry about optimizing the light in there, but if everyone's always in the living room, then yeah, it would make great sense to, uh -huh. to outfit that one room to be really conducive to, to evening. So interesting. Do you think, how long do you think before the medical community comes on board? So I ask every doctor I've interviewed this, I ask them that question and they all say about 20 years. Yeah. It's always 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's always 20. That's the standard. It's like anything new 20 years later, it becomes, yeah. you know, I mean, that being said, I have had a pediatrician that, that told me about warned me off getting a phone for my son as long as possible. Cause yeah. you asked about kids earlier, their brains are still developing. This is right. even more important for them. Yeah. I, I feel so, like yeah. children should not have phones. I got forced into it, bullied into it literally by my daughter, but 
you know, because of her peer group and everyone had a phone and she felt like the odd man out. But but really, I feel like until eighth or ninth grade, these kids don't need phones. They really still need to be using textbooks. I feel like we're doing them an incredible disservice by putting everything on an electronic device. But again, we're going to find out about all this stuff later, you know, not right now. All right. Well, fascinating stuff. I want to know more about Quantum Health TV. Tell me a little bit about that and, you know, what you've enjoyed by creating that and where people can go to get more information. Sure. Yeah. So it's been, uh, it's been a labor of love and uh, Quantum Health TV has like just some very basic videos with interviews with doctors explaining what circadian rhythm is, explaining what blue light is. Um, And then we've spun out from there uh, a directory, which is at, um, quantumbiologycollective.org. And that's where, um, you know, I think like to really create a movement, we need to do like what you're doing with the podcast, right? You need to make a place where like-minded people can come together Mm -hmm. um, and where people who are struggling with a chronic illness that they haven't been able to shift fully um, with other modalities, this is a a place where they can find a a practitioner who has study the, the quantum aspects of the human body. I love that. And where is the world of quantum research currently? What are, what are folks working on in that world? So it's interesting. Like there are, there are studies, um, on like everything that I mentioned is there's a, a doctor, an ophthalmologist who I interview, um, Dr. Jay Montgomery. And he says, the science is irrefutable at this point, right? Like there are, you go on PubMed and look up any of the topics that we just talked about, there's like a lot, a lot of research on all of it. Um, but it's, it's slow. So Mm -hmm. the the book, there was a book published, um, that called the coming age of quantum biology, which was those scientists who proved that birds use quantum mechanics to migrate. That book came out in 2011. The BBC made a documentary about it in 2014. And then just this April, April, 2022, Scientific American came in my, in the mail. And it's like, the headline is like, birds use quantum, use quantum physics to migrate. Who knew? And I'm like, <laughs> so um, yeah, so it's, it's all over the place, but there's really, and it, quantum biology is like an integration of the the work of understanding the role of mitochondria, the work of understanding Mm -hmm. quantum physics, the work of understanding sound therapy, frequency, like all of these things coming together. So it's constantly evolving. So neat. When you say say birds use migration, I mean, birds use quantum mechanics to migrate. They're using, you essentially are saying they're using frequency and vibration, correct? To be able to migrate. Is Is that what that statement kind of means? Yes. Okay. So they're able to sense that and that influences their migration patterns. Interesting. Well, I love this topic. I did a TED talk a few years ago on mitochondria and quantum mechanics. And I think it was a little bit too ahead of its time because it was (laughs) what is she talking about? But my, my my point was mitochondrial DNA is the only DNA that's transferred maternally generation after generation without much, you know, change. 
but mitochondrial DNA is also where thought and emotion typically get stored. So the leap I was making was the struggles of our female ancestors, whether it's our grandmothers, great grandmothers, generations before we've got that data, we've got that information and we're carrying it around and we're still reacting from it or copying those behavior patterns because it's still within us. So it's kind of our responsibility to change that frequency, change that vibration by the way we live our life and how strong and resilient we make ourselves. So that was my whole big premise, but I love it. Oh, that's talking about, but, um, but I believe it. And the reason I came to that was watching in our family, how every woman had a story, you know, and my mother came and was an immigrant and, Mm -hmm you know, had to fight for her independence and wanting to study and wanting to do her thing and all that other stuff. So she had the story of kind of being suppressed, but like fighting her way through it, but not being hundred percent confident. Right. And then I grew up in that. So I saw a lot of instability, like my parents didn't get along, you know, sort of that patriarchal dynamic. So I had this lack of confidence until I probably hit about 40. And then along comes my daughter who has had a really great life, right? Like <laughs> seen happy parents and st- stability and, but has that same weird look in her eye of not being confident, you know? So that's where I started to put two and two together. And I'm, it was just like, oh my God, this has been sort of transmitted down through the ages. It's in us. It's almost like our generational burden to bear, you know, and to undo some of the wiring that's taken place over however long. So that was the TED talk, but it was in this world of quantum mechanics and quantum physics and how it impacts biology and what it means for medicine. So I'm excited to see the field evolve and grow because it's something I've believed in for a really long time. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'll have to put you in our directory. Yes, for sure. Definitely. Fantastic. We're just, we're just prepping the link now for people to create profile pages. So it's, Wonderful. it's free to be in, it's free to use. It's our it's our gift to try and, and, and bring together all the people who understand this and work from that point of view so that everybody, you know, there's people in there who've been doing it a while. There's newer people. So, but so the idea being that no matter what you need, yeah, what your price point is, you could ideally have some kind of practitioner in your life who can support you through this. That. I love that. Well, thank you for all the work that you're doing. If people want to learn more about your work and about, light and the role of light in their lives and how to kind of manage some of that. What's, what's a good resource for them? So I would recommend, uh, quantum biology collective.org. Wonderful. That will have resources and practitioners. You'll have a profile page there. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> that would be the best. That would be the best place. Fantastic. And for everybody else, thank you for watching and listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness. I love this topic so much. We'll continue to have conversations around it, but don't forget you can rate and review it and share it with your friends. And I will see you guys next time. 